Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secrets of Marketers podcast, the only podcast you can rely on to give you real, raw, unfiltered marketing advice covering the latest tips, tricks, and tools that millionaire marketers use to make money online. I am your host, Jeremy Blossom. Sit back, relax, and let's start discovering the true secrets of marketers. Hey, Krill. Jeremy, how are you? Doing great, man. Thank you so much for coming down. It's great to see you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so this is a podcast, man, that has been, it's been in the making for a long time. This episode is going to be fire. I'm so excited for it. I'm fired up too, man. So for those of you who don't know, Krill and I have gone through quite the journey together. I'd have to say, um, out of all the projects that I've done over the last seven years at StrikePoint, the one that we've done and are still doing together by far is one of my favorites. It's been pretty spectacular. So for those of, the, for those of you who do not know who Kirill Zagalski is, Kirill, can you introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm the uh, co-founder of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals investment company in the United States. And... Um, Jeremy uh, is uh, very much responsible for the success that we're uh, experiencing now and enjoying and have been from the start. I mean, you uh, were there from day, literally from day one. I mean, you designed our logo. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it's been an amazing ride and uh, you've been there by our side uh, for the entirety of it. And it's been awesome. And uh, yeah, this is this is a story that needs to be told. So let's let's start from the very beginning for those that are getting caught up in the Advantage Gold story and the Strike Point story. If you're a sure. client of Strike Point, you've probably heard me talk about Advantage Gold because um, it's usually a case study I like to revert back to. But all right, so there you are, right? You uh, and your business partner decide, you know what, we can do this better. We want to go out and start this company together, right? And then you and I were connected. They said, hey, Jeremy, these guys want to go and create this uh, awesome business. Can you help them? And I had never even heard of the industry before. It was like a brand new thing to me. Like I was like, wait, what, what is precious metals investing inside of an IRA? How does this all work? Remember that? Like, I, I remember. I very much remember that first meeting that we had at um, an executive office on PCH yeah. In uh, Newport Beach. Yep. Um, yeah. Very nice office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure probably thousands of similar type meetings have occurred there. Yeah. Um, and um, it was, uh, I mean, we've come a long way, huh? Yeah. We were actually in an art gallery, I think, the very first time. Remember that little like space we went right there on the corner? That was the second time. The was first that- time was literally that executive office. Oh, it's right nice. on PCH. And it was you and your team, and then uh, Adam Barada, who's my uh, my partner, um, the more famous half of Advantage <laughs> Gold. Um, but uh, it was it was the two of us, and then you and your team at the time, and um, it was uh, it was an executive office right there on uh, on PCH. Yeah, and wow. then when you guys were doing the Strike Point office, there was an art gallery, and you guys were going through some remodels. Yeah. It was right next to Solani's, right? That's right, and yeah, the Solani's, yeah. I, exactly. I remember, yeah. yeah that was, wow, that's right. The very, oh my gosh. 
So I think you guys, you guys really were one of the very first clients we've ever had then because that was at the very beginning of StrikePoint before we went into the art gallery. So this is a long time, folks. Like this is, yes. We've been uh, together and, and they've been a client for a long time. Okay, so what we wanted to talk about today was integrated marketing. Uh, Kirill is one of the smartest people that I've ever met. And you have, uh, seriously, you have put together uh, one of the strongest sales teams uh, I've ever seen in my life. And you and I, our team, work really, really closely when it comes to lead generation and converting these leads into sales. Um, a phenomenal growth story. You guys went from zero to over $100 million in sales in two years and four months, which congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Uh, absolutely remarkable. And let's talk about actually um, what a lot of agencies never want to go. I, I, I'm sometimes like, oh, do I even want to bring this up? I want to talk about how we sucked for you guys and how we were absolutely like, I mean, I don't know if you remember how you remember the story, but when we first kind of came together, we had to build your brand, we had to build mm-hmm. the website, but more importantly, we had to start doing your very first lead gen. Right. And you guys knew your customer I mean, unbelievably well. We had never worked with a group of people who like, hey, this is exactly the type of person that we want to speak to. Like you guys were down to like even, you know, maybe this is going a little far, but like hair color almost, right? Like you guys just had a really specific yeah. audience that you wanted. No to- hair color. We're, we take all hair colors. <laughs> hair colors. Yeah. True. But uh, no, you guys just had a very specific type of people that you knew, yeah. you know, would be good clients. Um, why don't you tell your side of the story? And and by the way, don't yeah. hold back any punches here about yeah. how bad we suck. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. yeah you sure? Hear. All right. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, I think uh, one of the uh, major benefits that uh, we had when we started Advantage Gold was the fact that we had a very clear idea of who the demographic we were trying to reach was. And we knew, and, and I would... Uh, I mean, anybody that's starting a business, I think that's one of the key things. Uh, if your business is some sort of a direct marketing, uh, direct response type of a business, that's the number one thing you have to try to understand is who are you trying to reach? Yep. Who do you want to reach out to you? Um, what's your target demographic? And it seems very basic, but it's shocking um, how throughout our journey, how many different encounters we've had with um, different marketers, different um, types of promo, SEO type yeah. folks that have uh, also approached us through the years uh, that really kind of have this one size fits all approach that yep. simply doesn't work if you're really trying to run a direct response marketing uh, campaign or yeah. build your business on that. So that was one of the major advantages that we had is we knew exactly who we were looking for, yeah. uh, the specific demographic of our ideal customer. And then we started from there and then expanded the net, um, meaning that, we, you know, for example, we were looking for folks that were uh, approaching retirement age or uh, at retirement age. Yeah. And so we thought, okay, if you're retired, what do you like to do? You like to golf, you like to maybe hunt. Um, you, uh, go to church, uh, you have all these different interests. And so how do we reach out to, um, these different niches, uh, specifically? And that's how we started. Yeah. When, um, we were trying to figure out where do we go and find these people, right? We knew who mm -hmm. we wanted to talk to, but where were we going to reach them? Right. That was the big, uh, problem. So I remember you guys came to us and you were like, all right, Jeremy, we, we had a very, you guys had a very specific targeted cost mm-hmm. relief. 
And I thought that the lead costs, we were going to blow it out of the yeah. water. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so easy. It's not even right. funny. And we came in, I think, almost four or even five X the original dollar amount. Uh, and the quality of those leads were absolutely horrendous, like dog crap, like really, really bad. And uh, I, we did this. And, and by the way, this is to your guys' credit. For all the marketers there, especially anybody who wants to go and start an agency, the first thing you want to do is set the bar low and over-deliver, right? <laughs> right? As a business, we want to like really over-deliver. Sure. What we did- Was that your strategy all along? We tried. <laughs> we tried to come out and do that. We went and these guys, and we told them, hey, we, we, we needed this budget. We need to spend this budget religiously, and we need it um, over a six-month period of time. Four months went by, Kirill. And we sent you guys four months of garbage. I mean, I'm talking like, so what the problem was everybody at home. So they gave us this list of people that they wanted. And we thought we knew better. We thought, oh, okay, this is what they really mean. They don't know what they really want. We know what they really want. Never gone to that place before. Never gone to those people before. And we quickly realized that the, the, it was one of the most, and still is, one of the most competitive marketplaces we've ever attempted to crack into. And we were seeing click cost, okay, cost per click at 58 80 and a hundred dollar cost per click. This is that when we started seeing those numbers, we're like, Oh my gosh, what are we doing? Like, yeah. this is so hard. Like we are going after, we thought the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> True. Okay. I'm here. I'm like, oh yeah. Well, it, on, what are these guys doing? <laughs> yeah. What are they doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. On, on, and we were, we, we, we sucked. And I got a phone call from you and Adam and I was walking down in the parking lot at, at our office space. We had just moved into the new office space. We're walking in the parking lot and you guys literally just called it like it was. You're like, look, this is it. If you can't get it to work, we're going to have to go somewhere else. Like it was do or die situation. I hang up the phone. I go upstairs. I call a company-wide meeting. We're like 11 people at the time. I said, everybody, I just got off the phone with the owners of Advantage Gold. Um, they are extremely dissatisfied. We, we're, we're obviously, we knew it. We knew that we were not doing a good job. And um, I go, we have to figure out how we're going to make this work. Um, because the, the good thing is, and, and the main theme of what I want to talk about on this episode with you is how, um, how we, the, us figuring out what we sucked and, and working together, we really created this perfect blend of marketing and sales. Um, and Krill, you're one of the guys that I credit um, coming up with early funnel indicators. That whole term, early funnel indicators, came from you and I working together. So as a sales floor, you've got these leads that are coming in and you're immediately giving us feedback on the quality of these leads. And I've never seen this, uh, this such a thorough, systematic way of, of talking to people on a day-to-day basis and giving us that feedback. And it was because of that feedback, we went back and we looked at all the notes that you guys were putting together for us, all the feedback that we're getting to, um, from you guys, and, and it clicked. We said, you know what? were being too much for everyone. We were just to your point, we were trying to be everything for everyone. We we're trying to catch uh, everyone in the same net. And we said, let's forget that. Let's, let's catch that one person that Krill wants. So we went out there, we changed the campaign and we dropped our cost per lead numbers by like two thirds mm-hmm. with that initial. Pretty campaign. quickly. Yeah. Yep. Then the entire industry copied it. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> Fairly quickly <laughs> after that too, we, we created a whole new it's kind the- of like, Best form of flattery, right? If somebody's stealing your stuff, yeah, means so, you're doing something right. 
All right. So when a lead when a lead gets sent over to you, Carol, can you mm-hmm. share with us? Um, you know, you guys just do it better than anyone else. By the way, you guys. For those of you, uh, I would love for you to go to trustpilot.com and search Advantage Gold, and you will see how many reviews that these guys have gotten. Trust Link, um, you guys are four times in a row? Four years in a row, yeah. Four years. They're the number one rated gold IRA company in America four years in a row. This is completely unsolicited. These are people out there saying, I love the quality. So, so how you approach a lead, literally is unlike anything I've ever seen. Can you kind of just go into your process a little bit, how you train your guys? Yeah, sure. Um, I I think there's a uh, bit of a road to travel between when you initially get a lead that somebody is, that's expressing some sort of an interest in what you do to when they are so happy with what you've done that they post a positive review for you. So it's quite a uh, long journey there. Yeah. yeah. Um, But it all starts with with, uh, keeping track of, what you're getting uh, and understanding what you actually are dealing with when you're getting a lead. There's so many different variables there. And so how do you track all of that? And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, It's actually, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but this is one of the reasons that um, is for me that I have uh, such a hard time with SEO uh, is because with direct response marketing, you know, this is what we spent. This is how many leads we got. This was the quality of the lead. If you're able to measure the quality of those leads. And that's what I think that we did really well is we put a tremendous amount of value and focus on measuring that initial quality of the lead and creating lead statuses for all of the interactions that our brokers were having with leads that were coming in to determine what lead source is working and what's not. Um, And I think that that's key because that gives you an immediate uh, gauge of where you are for that specific type of uh, funnel or lead source. Yep. Um, and so uh, for those that aren't familiar with our business, we, um, uh, we, we, we sell gold, we sell physical precious metals and we specialize in uh, retirement accounts. So we put physical uh, precious metals inside of IRAs. So for our marketing, we were looking for somebody that is, has some sort of a concern about the stock market, yep. uh, uncertainty about the economy. Yep. Um, and so that, is a pretty wide net because I think by and large, you ask somebody how you feel about the economy, no matter what's happening for more so today than ever before, yeah, of course, with sure. the yeah. uh, COVID thing happening and um, it, all the different economic engineering, financial engineering that has taken place and um, even more so today than it was when we started yeah. Advantage Gold five years ago, six years ago. Uh, there wasn't as many people that expressed those concerns, but that's who we were looking for is that person that has some sort of Uh, dissatisfaction with their current situation being in the stock market or mutual funds uh, in their retirement account. Um, However, uh, people have this uh, kind of uh, precursory kind of dissatisfaction. I think by and large humans in general are are always the grass is greener type of um, feeling. And so uh, there's a big difference between somebody that's saying, yeah, you know, things could be better. Uh, versus somebody that has a tremendous amount of pain that actually is wanting to take some sort of an action to cure whatever it's ailing them. Um, and so that makes it very challenging for us. And as you learned in the first four months of giving us a bunch of leads that were interested, but not really. Yeah, we didn't hit the vein. We didn't, we didn't get deep enough. Because you right. said a magic word right there. You said 
Where are they at emotionally, right? You said the fear, how fearful are they? How greedy are they? You really, as a salesperson, understand what drives someone to action. And we missed that with our marketing. We weren't finding people who were at that emotional state or we couldn't create that emotional state with our marketing to give over to you guys, right? Because once they're in that state, that's when you guys can go and help them see the better way. Right. Well, one of the uh, questions that uh, is one of my favorite questions to ask new salespeople that we hire is, what's the definition of selling? Mm. And there's really two that we accept as the correct answer. Okay. Sure, there's a lot more than that, but there's really two. And the first one is the transference of feeling, transference of emotion, transference of enthusiasm, which yeah. means we're looking for salespeople that are very enthusiastic and excited because how you feel about something is how your prospect is going to feel about that same thing. Sure. So you've got to be able to transfer that enthusiasm. Now, the second that I think is more applicable to the marketing discussion we're having is finding a need and filling it. And so that's what we train our salespeople to do very well is find that need. So a lot of that is from a marketing standpoint. This is why it's very important is because somebody has to have a need or maybe they have a need, but they're not aware of it, um, which is where our salespeople come in to try to uh, help with the motivating, uh, some of the motivation to actually take action. Uh, But it starts with the marketing. And so if somebody um, has some sort of a need whether it's coming from a a point of uh, some sort of a pain they're experiencing or a discomfort that they have or uncertainty, which certainly is today much more uh, applicable to the world that we live in than ever before. There's uncertainty everywhere. Um, And so how do you take somebody from that bit of uncertainty where, yeah, maybe I'll check it out to where this uncertainty is causing me enough pain to actually take action? Um, and I think that that's really what we've um, been uh, uh, successful in doing with our sales process is identifying those people through the marketing that we have and basically preaching to the choir. So by the time that we get the lead in, uh, which is a testament to um, how well you guys have grown with us and yeah. uh, how amazingly you've developed your marketing strategy as it specifically fits our needs – um, it's become a lot easier. Uh, and in the early days, it was really difficult for us because we just had a name and a phone number. And then it was up to us to evaluate the quality of that specific individual uh, as a prospect. Yeah, we had um, never worked with anyone. We, we, we had worked with Salesforce in the past, right, before you guys. And, um, and pretty large ones, 35, 40 person Salesforce. Um, and we had never worked with a sales floor that was as efficient as you guys were, um, meticulous with this feedback and how you've trained your sales guys to be so meticulous, so fast. Um, you really did set the bar. I'd like to say that StrikePoint likes to set the bar on lead uh, quality and funnels and things like that. But really, in this relationship, from the get-go, you guys have always set the bar. You've always said, our standard is this. No, that's not good enough anymore. Now our standard this, our standards this. Sometimes to our chagrin, uh, because you know you guys are like, all right, Jeremy, we can do better than this. Let's go. Yeah. And um, and and so on the marketing side, everyone who's listening right now, what we were doing, and 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 seriously, I can't believe the speed of which we're able to do this. This this happens um, in almost instantaneous. But a lead goes in. Uh, they're contacted, and then they're if they get them on the phone, they're immediately given a status. 
Right. And uh, that information is then pulled back into our media buying sheet. And we will track every single campaign and lead source back to a lead status. And if a lead isn't, um, if a source, excuse me, isn't at a certain status, then that's a bad source. We will stop spending right. money there or we'll, we'll, we'll kind of like trading, right? We'll like reduce our position size in that, from that source. And then the ones that have the best lead status, um, uh, will, those are the ones we'll spend more money in. And our ability to do this has been, I think, the reason why we have been, we look like rock stars, strike point does, but it really is, it's all started with how you guys set that bar and how you guys started to filter out these leads because it gave us that feedback to go and buy better sources. Every marketer um, is, 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 is presented with a, a choice, right? A problem, if you will. Um, where do you spend your money? You know, where, where do we go? What campaign do we run? Um, how do we know if something's winning or losing? The best thing that a marketer can do is find out that something sucks. Right. The faster you can learn that something's not something you should spend your money on, the faster we can kill it and we can move on. Um, one of your business partners said to us when, we, when, they, when you guys first hired us, he said, hey, Jeremy, I don't care if you guys win or lose, but when you lose, lose fast. <laughs> That's what his advice was. It was one of the best pieces of advice that guy's ever said, uh, by the way. And he... Um, which guy's that? I want to spend some more time with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a, yeah, he, he, he gave us that advice and we were, I, I never forgot it. And I was like, well, how am I going to, how am I going to fail fast? And that is, you guys were able to provide that feedback to give us also everyone some like metrics here a little bit. We were able to generate these leads on an ongoing basis. Right. Um, and talk about the efficiency that you've been able to run at everybody. Um, there are, one of the largest, most well-respected uh, gold companies in America, they came out of nowhere, out of nowhere, and have positioned themselves at the very, very top. They spend a fifth of what the entire industry, like your, your, your competitors that um, are trying to, you know, yeah. trying to outdo you guys and trying to come up above you. Every month, uh, every year, they spend, I don't know, at least two times, maybe four times more than you guys do. And yet you do more business, um, have more satisfied customers, have more repeat customers, more referrals. Way more, yeah. Um, and and another thing that you guys have been able to do with this is the, the type of, of staff that you guys have been able to bring on. Um, the level of expertise that you guys, I mean, you guys have had producers that come in. I mean, we're not talking like everyone hears a sales floor and they're thinking, oh, the dropouts, the like, you know, the part of society, not you guys. You guys are working with just, I mean, unbelievably bright-minded people that could do anything. They could get jobs. It's not like this is like yeah. some, oh, place. This is a place where they believe in the, what you guys are selling and you get the best out of them. It's pretty spectacular. Yeah, there's a lot there to unpack from from um, what you said. So I, I think as it relates to the sales floor, absolutely. Look, I I, uh, I personally believe that a salesperson is a very respected and respectable position. That's how I look at the world. Nothing happens in this world of value until something is sold. Yeah. So you may not realize it, but great marketers are salespeople. Yeah. You're a salesperson if you're a marketer. Um, and so this stigma of, uh, you know, the uh, aluminum siding salesman, uh, the used Cadillac salesman type of stuff, um, I get it. Um, certainly, um, you know, th there's an element of that out there in the sales sure. universe. Yep. Um, but 
the way that we look at it and the individuals that we hire are highly ethical. They have a very strong moral compass. Uh, they're very motivated, very self-motivated, and they're entrepreneurial. And the way that we look at it running our business is that every single salesperson is uh, their own franchise. And that's really our goal is to empower them to run their franchise as they see fit and provide them with the materials, of course, provided they play within the guidelines that we uh, put in place. And from there, it's up to them. Um, one of my favorite quotes is from uh, Bill Parcells, who's a, a Hall of Fame uh, NFL uh, football coach. He was asked one time, uh, how are you so good at motivating your players? Uh, and he said, I'm not. I just keep self-motivated individuals around. Mm. So it's really not about us being great about. motivators. It's about us identifying the self-motivated entrepreneurial spirits that are out there. And there's a lot of them out there. Um, and simply giving them the tools for success. So uh, that's one thing that I feel very strongly about as it relates to salespeople. Uh, again, uh, you know, and in, in all industries and in, in our industry as well. There's an element of that uh, boiler room kind of, you know, phone booth, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross type of, uh, yeah. you know, wolf and sheep's clothing, ty clothing uh, type of thing. Um, and I think that uh, for, for us, what we've really focused on is doing the opposite of that, is not allowing that element, element to infect our sales floor ever. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how successful an individual is, if they bring an element of that deceit, uh, deceptfulness, it's just not something that we want to be around. And it's not something that we've ever allowed on our sales floor. And when we've identified those types of individuals, we get rid of them right away. Um, so it, it's just not something that's worth it. Uh, I'll sacrifice money for a relationship all day long. Yeah. Um, and it's all about relationships. And that's what we really instill in all of our sales guys is the relationships that they build with all of their clients. That's why we have so many reviews. That's why we have so much repeat business. That's why we have so many referrals that nobody else in the industry has. Yeah. Because um, people are actually, they love doing happy. business. Yeah. They love doing business with you guys. We have done a lot of strategic partnerships. Um, you know, leveraging other clients that we've had and then making the introductions. One of the first things that all of our clients always says, hey, you know, I'm really, really concerned about opening up my customer database to somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the easiest conversation with you guys because I just go here, here's three links, do the research yourself, um, sign up for a lead, have one of the sales guys call you, go through that approach. And as soon as they do, yeah. It's, it's game over. Like they're like, oh, that was like the most pleasant conversation I've had. Um, they are so knowledgeable. They are so respectful. And it's just, it's really cool. And it started honestly with the two of you. Since the day I've met you guys, you have been all education focused. You would sit there um, and, and, and if it wasn't for this, I don't think we'd be as successful as we were. You'd sit there and teach us about your process. You, yep. you, you made us know your process. You taught us why, why gold and why this is such a great time. And guys, go look it up yourself. Go look at what the price of gold was six years ago, five years ago, right? Four years ago. Like, go look at some of these prices. You guys have been so convinced. Um, and, and I remember, like, going to your office and you guys had to have an impromptu sales meeting. And I wasn't sure if it was you or Adam who said this, but um, you were basically like, look, if you are not convinced, then, then you're in the wrong business. Yeah. And, and really, because you guys have gave them so much information and education. Anyway, you guys, I, I want everyone to hear these little things because the devil's in the details. 
how these guys have been able to scale into uh, not not a $1 million company, not a $10 million company, but have done over a hundred, I mean, now hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. This is how they've done it through all of these choices that the two of you have made as founders of this company every single day with your sales team. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, I think um, one of one of the biggest things, and this is just a, a for me, it's a truism of sales is to not sell. Yeah. Um, if I ever write a book, it's going to be called "Stop Selling," <laughs> because that's the that's the tendency of most salespeople is to try to push a certain narrative or push a certain product, um, and we do the exact opposite. And I think that that's how uh, the most successful, high level sales professionals operate is they do the opposite. They don't push a specific product. They find out what is the individual that I'm speaking with uh, interested in. What is their pain point? What are they looking for? How can I improve their situation? What problem are they looking to solve? Um, And the reality is that not everybody is the right fit. Not everybody's looking to solve that specific problem that we can help with. Right. Um, and so we embrace that. I tell all my guys to embrace the no. It's okay. It's not the right fit for everybody. We're looking for a specific type of individual that we can help. And if I can't help you, if I can't help after having a consultative type uh, interaction where it's not me telling you how great gold is. Uh, by the way, when we started, you remember you had multiple conversations with affiliate marketers that told us that we missed the window. Yes. We should have started a gold company in 2009 or yes. whatever it was. Yes. And 2013, 14 was the worst year to start the company. Yes. Um, and so we believed in what we were doing. We were told that we were starting a gold company at the absolute worst time, that this was the boat has left the harbor, train has left the station, whatever you, analogy you want to use. And we knew in our heart of hearts that we were doing the right thing. And one of my favorite um, uh, quotes, I'm going to botch the quote, but it's from Tony Robbins. It says, anytime uh, that there's two forces that meet, the one that has more conviction is the one that's going to dominate the interaction. Um, And that's the reality of it. And so we were so convinced beyond any doubt uh, that we were doing the right thing and we were going to do it better that it simply made everything a lot easier for us because we knew we were doing the right thing. We knew we were going to do it better than everybody else. Uh, we had our very strong ethical and moral standards that we adhered to that we never compromised for anything. And I remember one of the other stories um, that um, was one of the defining moments, if you will, of, of Advantage Gold is about three months into existence. Um, we had an interview with a guy who is one of the top producers in the industry and has been, he was a known name in the industry. One of the absolute best salespeople that exists in the gold space. Um, guy I'm friends with now still to this very day. And we had a very serious conversation about him joining our team. And, um, we decided to, that it wasn't the right fit, um, mutually, and I remember initially when we came to that conclusion, uh, we were both Adam and I uh, a little bit bummed out because this is literally an individual that would have been able to come in and probably double our revenue in the first year, yeah. which to any entrepreneurs out there that are running startups, if you think you have a certain amount of revenue yep. uh, within the first year, double it or triple it. Um, that sounds pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, and if there's one individual that would have been able to come in and give us the ultimate shortcut, it would have been this guy. 
And we, it, it just wasn't the right fit because it would have changed the entire trajectory of our company. We would have had to compromise some of the core values that we still adhere to to this very day in order to get that quick financial reward. Um, and at the time, I, I remember being very uh, conflicted about it. Um, sure. it's, well, you know, it's you not right. How can you not, if you had an opportunity to take a shortcut, grow your business, that's why you started a business is for it to grow and be profitable. And there's a little bit of like a, Hey, I can go this direction. Yeah. I, I can see the dilemma for sure. And you know, it, it, uh, definitely worked out for the better. Uh, yeah. we've been able to build a co- company culture that, uh, we're all very proud of. Uh, I think that uh, our uh, employees like working at Advantage Gold. They love working at Advantage Gold. They're proud of it. Um, and, um, you know, look, we've got uh, a bunch of swag. I don't know a lot of uh, <laughs> gold companies that are out there wearing their logo everywhere. And, yeah, you know, our guys do because we Probably. do do it better and we take pride in what we do. And um, so part that's of the magic that makes you guys uh, so successful, I think, is the conviction first and foremost of what you're doing every single day um, and how, what you're doing is really going to help. It is. And then convictions is one part of the ingredient. Then how do you do it? And to your point um, and everybody who's, who's listening right now, uh, if you're, if you're in a business that you own or one that you want to start and you're not, um, if you're, if you're questioning on how you should be doing something and it's not the right way of doing something, you're being too short-sighted. And you're missing out on, because you guys could have grown really, really quickly and then fell yeah. apart, right? Like a lot of companies in your niche do. That didn't happen. And because you guys live with education and still do to this day um, with such high integrity and, and really, I mean, it's it's put your business partner front and center. I mean, the guy is now the, one of the foremost evangelists on gold yeah. um, through your passion of educating and teaching, Right. Uh, which is pretty cool. So I think that's a big thing for everyone to, that's listening here to take home from them. It's like, look, be absolutely convinced about what you do, never waver from it, and then figure out the best where you're adding the most amount of value. Make that the how. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, and, and I do want to go back to the lead uh, attribution yeah. and because and I think that your audience probably wants to yeah, I'm sure hear, like, hear about that part like of it. Right? Right? <laughs> questions they want me to ask. Um, yeah. But, but you're, you're absolutely right. Look, I think that uh, the one thing that has governed uh, our entire uh, trajectory of our business has been that we want to do it right. We want to do it the right way. And yeah, it's going to cause some pain. It's going to cause some uncertainty. It's going to cause some financial uh, struggle for a bit. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to pay off in the end. And that's what we still believe to this very day. And obviously we've um, had some a, a tremendous success, but um, it, there was a lot of temptations out there um, to kind of take a shortcut and yeah. do something. Um, I mean, we've been ap- approached with some black hat marketing type stuff, which, you know, I think a lot of businesses have to deal with that um, and make the decision for themselves, how they want to uh, navigate those uh potentially perilous, uh, hallways of, uh, um, various different marketing endeavors. But, um, for us, it, it was one thing and I credit a lot. Uh, I give a lot of credit to Adam for having the vision and having the, uh, steadfast resolve in committing to education. Of course, uh, Adam Barada, who's now a wall street journal, number one bestseller, yep. Uh, two, two books, both of his books were number yes. one yep. on the way. It's not just making the list. Number one, the top financial author in the United States, yep. um, multiple times with both books. Yep. Um, and it's how it, it really 
It goes from the top down. Uh, and Adam believes in what he's saying so much, and he has so much conviction that it's infectious. And anybody that is around that can't help but feel excited and enthusiastic, and then in turn be able to transfer those emotions to whatever encounters they have, whatever interactions they have. Yeah. Um, back to yeah, yeah go I was ahead, gonna go say, ahead. well, to, to almost to, to your guys' uh, chagrin. So on this vein of you guys always wanted to lead with the best education materials so, and lead generation. So I, one of the things you've heard me talk about on my podcast, I train my team to do this too, is when you're doing something for the very first time in any niche or industry, first thing that we could do is find somebody else is doing it and do exactly what they're yeah, doing, right. right? I mean, like to the T, yeah. okay? Change some colors, don't plagiarize, but I mean, as close as you can get it, why not start there? Copy success, right? Copy success. Well, um, that wasn't necessarily what you guys wanted to do. Um, you allowed us to do that with a generic gold guide that we mm -hmm. were given away. That was the only thing that you guys would ever allow us to do this with. And um, you guys have invested hundreds, no, probably over a million dollars now. But well over millions. Millions, yeah. Millions. yeah. I mean, you guys have invested, uh, well, the very first big one that you guys did, I think it was like a quarter of a million or $350,000 on a free giveaway. And I thought you guys were absolutely insane. I was like, we don't need to do that. We had started to get some success on the campaign that we created. And, and you and Adam both were like, look. We don't want to be like everyone else. We don't want to be like everyone mm -hmm. else. And every single time I wanted a zig, you guys wanted a zag, and you guys put up. I was like, well, this is going to cost a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of time and cost a lot of money. But guess what? You guys hit it out of the park, man. Every single time, <laughs> you guys would go and create these amazing pieces. And then I would see within what we all did this. How many times have we seen in about three to six months later, somebody else in your yep, niche copying it? You right. Yeah, well, I think you're giving us too much credit. I think you were the one that uh, were uh, well, created the the big pieces that were so <laughs> successful. But I appreciate it. Well, it was um, because I well, it, it it was a collaboration. It, a collaboration, indeed. But I think that um, yeah, look, you obviously and your team have been extraordinarily effective in communicating our message. Yeah. Um, and it's a testament to our cost per lead and how little money we have to spend to get the results uh, that we're getting relative to the rest of the industry. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, as you mentioned, most of our competitors are spending five times uh, what we're spending on marketing and we're doing more revenue. Yeah. I mean, that's the bottom line. Slow down. Um, a good lesson for everybody listening right now. In your you're fit in your business right now. Everybody mm -hmm. needs uh, uh, they need customers, right? That's how you're going to grow is get more customers. To get customers, you need prospects. To get prospects, you need leads. Uh, and any I don't care what it is that you do, if it's all referrals or whatever, you still need those three things. What you guys did very consciously, uh, very purposefully, was stop, pause, and say, okay, who are we trying to go after, and what do they need? To your point, like a lot of this conversation. And then what you did is you, you went out there and you created, you decided to spend the time and energy and money up front. Like you're, I'm going to pay the whole bill mm -hmm. type, of, type of mentality. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create the best, most valuable thing I can give away. And you've chosen to start relationships off that way. I think that's really one of, if not the, at the very core on the marketing side, why you guys have been so successful is that when they're signing up for something, when a lead is like, okay, yeah, let me take a look at what this is. And then they get it. 
the production levels next level, the research that's been done on its next level, um, and you give it away for free. I mean, you're giving away uh, these books for free uh, yeah. to your clients. You're giving away, I mean, all of this stuff up front. You're, you're hosting like huge, huge events. I mean, mass events. You've had uh, hundreds of thousands of people register for this from all across the country. And I think it's that is that when they get it, they're actually impressed. They're actually like, whoa, okay, I wasn't, ex- finally, I got something that someone, you know, that everybody else, because we've all seen it, guys. We're online, we click on it, we see the guide, and it was like someone's Zoom call yeah, or something right. like that, that they like pitched as this yeah. huge investment. Learn the secrets, and then yeah. it's like, yeah. I just wasted 30 minutes. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah right. your time, and you got nothing out of yeah. it. You guys have never been afraid to open up the Komodo and be like, all right, this is what we do. You know, this is exactly how we do it. Uh, this is why we're so convinced and so convicted about what's happening in the marketplace. Let me show you. And so for everyone who's listening right now, uh, this, these, you are like literally living proof of put the value up front. Yep. Because the bear now, your competitors have, you guys have set the barrier is so high. The bar is so high. Yeah, they'll never get there. They'll never get there. Yeah, they won't. They, they have to go and write two best-selling books, not to mention what's inside those books, right. which is freaking like the stuff that Adam, oh my gosh, man, like crazy. Um, and so, yeah, to, they, this, well, where are they going to go from that, man? Where are they going to go? Yeah, I think leading with value is key there is that, uh, you know, and, and so many uh, just advertisements that we're served with all day long, there's don't miss out, get this and get this for free. And then when you actually get it, it's really just a upsell to something else. Yeah. Um, which by the way, that, I mean, it's pretty effective. You know, I, I know that a lot of uh, funnels and, uh, you know, Russell Brunson built a phenomenal business yeah. um, with these funnels where you, you know, and by the way, the, the way that they sell their marketing um, tools is you can pretty much do it with anything. Yep. You know, you create a guide of whatever, and the guide doesn't really have to say anything just as long as people are clicking because then you funnel them and, you know, then yep. at the end they have a lead. And by the way, that's how we started too, yep. right? This is where that four months of uh, crappy leads, thank you, um, <laughs> came from yeah. is that exact concept. And I think that uh, as we were going through the process, and of course, uh, one of the things that I think we did very well is is having a specific process and having uh, very, very uh, diligent uh, record keeping in terms of uh, the uh, attribution of what lead sources are providing, what, what creative uh, is pulling, what type of a lead, and then how good of a quality is that lead. Um, I remember uh, we had some a, a massive push through an affiliate marketer that gave us more leads than we ever expected. And so we were initially blown away. Wow, this is amazing. We're getting all these leads. We're all rich. Yeah. Uh, and then we started calling the leads and we realized that it was people that were playing, you know, online Tetris or something. They were just clicking on something so they can get more free tokens to keep playing whatever game they were playing. Had absolutely no interest in anything that we did. And it was uh, pretty much a giant waste of uh, money and time, more importantly, because that's the other thing that we've always been very cognizant of is the fact that because we're a direct response sales organization. So we get a lead, our sales rep has to make that phone call. So they're making the phone call. Every time they make a phone call, they're calling that specific lead as opposed to calling another lead. So there's a huge opportunity cost there of them making the phone call, making the follow-up call, and trying to make contact with that lead. So if 
at the end of seven, seven and a half calls, which is kind of the, the standard of how many uh, times you have to reach out to somebody for them to actually answer the phone. Yep. Um, and so they make seven, eight, 10, 15 calls, uh, which is the other thing that we did really well is we really stuck to the process and specific call patterns um, of making sure that just because somebody doesn't answer one, two, three, four, five times, that we don't just abandon them and say, this right. is a bad lead. Right. Because it does take seven and a half is, is kind of the average number there of how many times you actually have to try to contact a lead before you get some sort of an interaction. Um, and we really went through that process. And so for us, when we got a lead that we called 15 times that never answered, um, and then when we realized that after making those 15 calls out of a thousand of those leads, only three or four of them were actually decent uh, people that were worth having the conversation with. There were people that we want to be speaking with became clear that, okay, this is not the right lead source for us. So it's not a quantity game. I mean, sales is absolutely a quantity game, sure. but lead gen is a quality game. That's right. Um, and that's really where I think we had that, you know, big light bulb that goes off in your head because all the business models that, uh, Adam and I came up with before we started Andrew Gold, we were looking for capital to start our business were based on how many leads per broker you get per month yep. and, you know, closing percentages and, and, you know, based on those types of numbers. Um, and then when we started hitting those lead gen targets in terms of the quantity of leads coming in but we weren't getting the result. Right. We knew that the model in itself was fault. It's not the number of leads, it's the quality of the lead. And how do you make a, create a better quality lead where you have to provide value upfront. That's right. And so you bring that value upfront and you actually offer something of value. Then by the time that you actually are making contact with that lead, they've already received a tremendous amount of value. That's right. And they've already been converted to a certain extent to where you want to take them. Um, and that's what it's all about. And that's what really creates a better lead. It's not just going to different lead sources. And of course, there's you know different uh, uh, metrics there that you want to use to try to have the most successful marketing strategy is make sure that you're fishing in the right ponds. Um, but it's also using the right bait and actually having value up front uh, that helps move the sales process along before the salesperson actually even has any sort of interaction with that lead. Yeah. Yeah. Creating the most amount of value up front. Uh, and, and, and it's easy when Adam's, uh, you know, best-selling author and a guru and <laughs> has he, been, but that wasn't something that you could just, that doesn't happen to everybody, right? That you just can't go and put some words on a paper and be like, Oh, I, I became sure. best. He, again, because he's convicted and he's been right. I mean, he's, he's, there's nobody in the financial uh, newsletter or marketing or uh, public publishing space that has called it as spot on as Adam has. And um, yeah, for years too. Look, like just, uh, he's one of my best friends. It pains me <laughs> dearly to say this, but he's been absolutely just right on, spot on with yeah. everything. And it's uncanny. I've, I've never seen anything like it where he's been able to uh, just call, not the events, but the response right. uh, to those events right. has been just dead on. And it's, it's incredible. And, um, you it's know, real. It, it, it's, real. It, it's real. It's real. And I think it that is. is there's no there's no shortcut to real. There's no fabricating real. You can't. There's faux, and then there's real, mm -hmm. and that has been uh, another 
another component, another, I think, right. um, leg for your guys's overall success is that you've been real from the very beginning. You continue to be real. You always want to be and, and, and that's why you can spend a fifth less or a fourth less than everybody else in the industry, because you guys are real. You actually, you know, know what you're talking about. You offer a real service uh, and you get real results. So when your sales force sees the results, um, oh, and now you guys have been around for a long time too, it just starts, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you were telling me about how you guys were approaching leads, um, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy when you go out there with that intent. And, and I feel bad for business owners who, um, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know any other word to say it other than they're cheap. I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm like drawing a blank and I talk to a lot. That's what I do for a living is like grow business. Afraid maybe too. Sure, sure. There's reasons yeah. why there are, sure, there's probably underlying reasons. But by the end of the day, if you're trying to um, save money, um, you're sacrificing a core ingredient, which is quality. And at the end of the day, you're just spinning your wheels. If you've got a sales floor, um, and this is what you guys, I remember this. I remember that the thought process changing because it was no longer a lead quantity anymore. We didn't have a right. quantity problem anymore. Um, even the price of lead we're able to get to get down. And this is where um, I, I say jokingly that to my chagrin, because um, remember guys, as a marketer, I go to my clients, I say, give me a number. And I, they gave me the number. I hit the number. I go, woohoo, I win. And these guys were always like, yes, but and uh, so first it was get us the lead cost. Okay, I got the lead cost. Then Jeremy gets the lead quantity. Okay, get the lead quantity. And then I thought we were in the clear and like, no, 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 no. Get us the lead quality. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like you guys got to be kidding me. And uh, that's been the game we've played ever since is driving. We're like, we've never been satisfied. We're like, how is it? All right, this is okay. And now we're, I mean, look back, dude, at some of our numbers of like <laughs> what our conversion numbers were, our lead cost numbers. And like what we find tolerable right now is kind of silly. It's pretty silly. Yeah. Right. Like how high it is. Like yeah. no way in a million years, five years ago, six years ago, I would have been like, that's realistic for sure. We're going to be able to get that. Like no yeah. way. But, well, I think at the beginning, in the first week, you were like, yeah. Oh, and then yeah. when reality set in After a month I into it, it, yeah, right. I, and, you know, I actually came up with a, a thing I say to all my um, brand new clients uh, because of the lessons mm -hmm. I learned there. I say to everybody, I'll never spend your money dumber than the first time I spent it because <laughs> of the lessons I learned with you. Thanks, guys. buddy. Yep. Yeah, that's good. I, it's true. Yeah, I never spent fine. your money right. dumber than the first four months I ever spent your money. Yeah. Uh, but now that we're on the money and so it just, it becomes easier and, and actually it becomes fun it, when you get to, when you know what people want and need and you, and you get every angle of it, you start to be able to be like, I think I can predict what they want and need. It's like, a, it's like a marriage almost. Right. And you guys have created that relationship with your clients so tight and you, you care for them so much that you start, you guys are anticipating. Uh, and I think that's a big reason for your success. Um, I wanted to talk about two things, two more things. Um, one is, can you talk a little bit about, um, uh, and we kind of touched on a lot of these points, so it doesn't have to be super in-depth, but media buying. So for those of you, uh, uh, a lot of business owners um, don't control the media buying, they, or the budget, I should say. They usually have a team. You're one of the few that we have that is, from the very, very beginning, you're like, nope. And you know, you've gotten really good at where we will come up with ideas, but you're like, Hey, and just so you guys hear this, when I go to curl, I'll say, Hey, curl, here are the, here are the lead sources I want to go to. Okay. Um, 
and you sit down and it's never an easy conversation. It's never been, not <laughs> once. We do this every month, every month. How many, 60 months, 70 months, something like this, 75 months in a row that we've been doing this. And it's only been you. There's never been anybody else that's ever had this conversation. It's only been you. Uh, and they're never easy. How, can you just go into like, all right, before I call you, what do you kind of do to give, because you've had some really great recommendations, yeah. you know? Yeah. I, well, look, I, I think that uh, a big part of it starts from just the general understanding that uh, because we are a small business, we have a set amount of money that we want to spend. Um, so uh, I heard your uh, podcast with a, a mutual friend of ours, Steve Hartman, yeah. who's a phenomenal marketer, yeah. uh, who has $200 million or some Something. absurd like, budget that he lot, gets yeah. to play with. Uh, for Experian and God bless Steve. Um, but I'm not Steve. <laughs> I don't have that much money. Sure. Uh, and so every single month we have a set amount that we want to uh, try to spend on marketing to bring in a certain amount of qualified leads. And this is where that delicate balance that you always yeah. have to uh, take into account between quantity versus quality. We have a certain amount of salespeople on the floor that uh, we want to uh, make sure being uh, given the proper opportunities to be successful. Um, but we also want to be smart about how we spend the money. And so in the very beginning, we created different lead statuses for all the different leads that we were receiving. Yeah. So um, these different uh, lead statuses, uh, I'm not going to open my kimono up here and sure. give you the exact statuses, but there's different gauges. Um, you know, you, let's just call it generic lead score. Uh, so we have this specific lead score for each individual type of lead. And then once you have that and you have the proper tracking in place to be able to say, okay, we got uh, 200 leads from Google uh, Display. Yeah. And so from Google Display or Google Retargeting or AdWords, and I'm just using Google to be generic here, um, this is the lead quality. This is the lead score. This is how many 10 lead scores we got. This is how many one lead scores we got. This is how many people put in a fake phone number. This is how many people put in a fake name or fake email, whatever the case may be. Um, and then we knew that based on, and, and by the way, this becomes a lot easier once you're running a business for several years and you're able to look back on the metrics and see what percentage of specific lead sources I think, you can don't close. Take that for granted. I think this is, that's, these are some of the things I think that are important for people to hear mm -hmm. is that you, you are building upon data. So you have our baseline data, which we didn't have, we had to create it. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, then from that baseline data, we said, what should we optimize? You learned that quality is, is the best lever we can pull. Right. And then from there, you've just kept quantifying. We, you keep looking back at right. all of the sources. It's not, and, and you have an uncanny memory. Uh, don't ever play chess with this guy in Chicago. That was the dumbest <laughs> idea I've ever thought. I, I'm a pretty good chess player, not even close. Um, you've got this just ability to remember a lot. And so you'll go to lead sources and, and without even looking, folks. So this isn't what I think all business owners should be able to do here. This is just one of your gifts. Without even looking, you're like, I'm pretty sure that we this was like the uh, conversion rate in the cost per lead for this. And you'll, you'll be oddly and like kind of scarily <laughs> close to it. It's not dead <laughs> on. Uh, so you do use that. I know you're like, oh, then you just do this, this, and this. These are the things I'm talking about. You and everyone listening, um, look, 
never spend your money dumber than the first time you spend it. Keep learning, keep learning and remember it and compare. You constantly compare and you're ruthless because it's just numbers. It's not me. It's not ego, right? You don't care yeah. what the source is. You're like, guys, I, I, w- I wish I was wrong. You know what I mean? But like, what, like, how can you, how can you prove this data wrong to me? Yeah, I, I think also for us, and this is actually something that we just experienced three months ago, where we had uh, a number of different lead sources, um, YouTube and Facebook were actually doing phenomenal for us for a specific um, ad that we were running yeah. for a specific campaign. Uh, and the CPL was amazing. The leads were converting at a good rate. But what we found, and, and uh, I mean, this is, uh, you know, kind of, I don't want to, sound like I'm bragging here. This is a problem that any business would love to have, but we have too many leads. Um, And I think that that's also one of the things that um, I've been able to resist the urge of just more, 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 um, which is difficult to resist that urge, especially when you're in a uh, direct response business where more leads. You've got got dozens and dozens of people texting you, call me, I need crook, give me more leads or, you know, whatever, right? right? Like everybody wants you to have more leads. Yeah, we have uh, have 40 40 guys on the phones um, and they always want more leads because there's nobody's ever met a broker that says, I don't want any more leads. It's always the case. They always want more leads. Um, I mean, and as so, a marketer, I make more money when you have more leads too. So I know I you do. You to, I know you do. I'm like, I, you don't want to add an extra zero <laughs> yeah. to the number of leads. Yeah, you just want move month? the decimal over a couple yeah, of spots. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it's uh, it, it's tough, and sometimes you really have to look um, at it, the diminishing returns that you start to get, even if something is working, but it's going to become less effective because now you're having too much of that and your brokers are not able to spend as much time on each individual lead. So if the process is compromised for the sake of just getting more names or emails or phone numbers, then you've lost your way. And that's one thing that um, is very challenging. It's been a big challenge for us as we've grown is to be able to say, look, this is working great, but we just don't have the bandwidth to handle another 2000 people to call uh, because what makes us great is our process. And if we compromise our process just to reach out to more people, then they're not going to have the same experience. And that all cascades down and becomes into a different business that we don't want to try to start. And you guys have false data. That's right. And if you have false data, you're going to make bad decisions. And then that just becomes the self-fulfilling prophecy all over again, but to, to a worse degree. That's right. Yeah. And then, and then you have to try to go back and unwind the you know, ball of yarn that you inadvertently right. created by simply wanting more, 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 more. Um, and so that's one thing that we've been very careful with and why those uh, spirited conversations that uh, I have with your team on a monthly basis about our budget yeah. Um, don't get any easier is because of that, because I'm always looking for uh, inefficiencies in not just the lead gen part, but also our process. And if it becomes a situation where we're getting phenomenal leads, we're getting a lot of them, uh, but we're not able to provide them with the same service start to finish that we uh, hold ourselves to the the standard of, um, then we're failing. And that compromises our basic principles. And I'm not willing to do that. And I know Adam's not willing to do that. Um, and so that's one of the key things that guides our business is, is that is offering that phenomenal customer experience to everybody uh, that we encounter. And if it means that uh, we get less leads on a single month, um, then that's fine. And that's what um, and that's the reason for why I'm always uh, 
hunting for more brokers and more, more, more yeah. uh, uh, yeah, people to add to our sales force, yeah. uh, which in and of itself is another, um, you know, difficult uh, part of running the business that we have to deal with. But you know. Yeah. And you guys have done a really good job um, working and talking things through and letting us know what we can anticipate. You, you're constantly looking forward. As much as you look back at the data to make your decisions for today, you're constantly looking forward and you're saying, okay, so we've got a holiday coming up. We have a, a Fed meeting. Mm -hmm. We have this. We've got that. We've got this book that's being launched. We have, because of all these things. And so you have gotten really good at like, you know, moving the budget around and the quantity of leads around based off of what you think is going to happen. And we've done something where we've, uh, uh, took some lead sources that are like tried and true that we have to do pretty well in advance to get it locked down. And then we've been able to go and supplement. Uh, it's another, another uh, good thing for anybody who's got a sales floor is that you guys have um, a variety of different lead sources. And again, we can mm -hmm. talk about just lead sources for in a whole show. So maybe I'll have you back and we can just talk about that. Cause I think a lot of people want to know that, but quickly you guys blend them. And you guys want a certain number of this, this type of quality, this type of quality, and this type of quality, mm -hmm. because there's a different uh, array of sales guys that you're working with, right, at any given time um, that you want to provide leads for. So again, I, we could go on and on and on. Um, I ask every one of my guests this question, Kirill. Uh, it's a great way to end the episode. Um, but, you know, you have, you've, you've had a business plan. You got an investor. You got funds. You implemented and executed it. Um, you've, you've got a beautiful family that's here hanging out with my family, which is so cool. We become really, really good friends. And, um, for a lot of people looking up on the outside, you've been unbelievably successful. How do you stay inspired? How do you stay hungry to con cause you dude are always pushing for like to better yourself and your business every day. Where does that inspiration come from? I, you know, I, I think that, uh, I get a tremendous amount of inspiration from looking into the eyes of my kids. Mm -hmm. um, and I think any parent can say the same thing. Sure, yeah. um, so, I, you know, sorry to not make it like a marketing uh, no, <laughs> light bulb for anybody. But look, when you've got a family and all, any parent knows that all that you can hope for is just to see that smile and to see that light in their eyes. Um, and that's really what drives me. I want to be the best that I can be for them. I want to give them the life that uh, I never had and that I think that they deserve. I know that they deserve. Yeah. Um, and so there's a tremendous amount of inspiration that I get from just my family. Um, as it relates to business, look, I, um, it helps to have uh, great partners. And it's funny, when I started Advantage Gold, um, I remember I talked to uh, one of my family members right at the very um, beginning of it. And uh, he said, well, you know, you got partners and, you know, you don't want to do partners because partners and then you don't know who the partner is. And then what if the partner you think is doing this and that? And he gave me this cynical uh, kind of a view. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I completely ignored all, <laughs> all of that advice. Um, and, uh, you know, the partners that I have in business and, um, you include, you're not a direct partner, but you're, uh, you know, you are a partner. We sure. do, uh, our marketing through you guys and, uh, you've been instrumental in helping us build advantage gold, um, doing business with the right people, I think is, is, uh, critical. Yeah. And so, uh, the partners that I have, Adam Brada, who's, uh, just a, 
amazing visionary and who is another individual that you should probably have on your podcast as well. Oh, he's coming um, up for sure. Yeah. When you ready when to talk about Fed policy well, and well, when I can, <laughs> man, that guy's a busy guy. He's so a busy guy. Yeah. Can, yeah. When I can get him down here, I will. Um, but, um, you know, it's, we, we have a very, very high standard for ourselves and we have a high standard for our organization. Um, and again, I think that the best organizations are top down. So the standard that I have for myself is a standard that I want all of my employees to have for themselves and expect the best from them. And so it's easy to be motivated when there's always a higher goal and a higher level that you aspire to. Um, and so I think, you know, obviously the, uh, financial benefits and the, uh, financial independence and all these, uh, you know, great things that, uh, I'm able to do, which by the way, can't really do much anyways, these days, yeah, you know, all, we want to make money for traveling and can't go anywhere anyways. Yeah, right. So, um, it, you know, you, you got to have that, um, that engine inside of you that aspires to a, a higher level. And by the way, I think most entrepreneurs inherently have that. Um, and I think that one of the things that really gets in the way is just fear, uh, just being scared, being scared of the unknown, being scared of making a mistake, being scared of looking silly, um, of, uh, you know, having uh, friends or family think that you did something stupid. Uh, and I think that that fear really holds back uh, a lot of very capable individuals 100%. and, you know, very uh, uh, gifted individuals from pursuing their dreams and for hitting their goals. And I think that, you know, for, for us, it's one thing that um, uh, I've been uh, very f- blessed with is just this lack of fear. I, I mean, I don't care if I fail. That's great. That's what I tell my kids, too. It's you make a mistake. It's great. Yeah. You can't learn anything if you don't make mistakes. Yeah. Um, and the mistakes that we've made and that you've made. Uh, with our money, <laughs> lots, lots and lots of them. <laughs> have actually ended up being very, very profitable. For so sure. it's um, you know it's worked out great. We and win when we lose because we take those mistakes and we we um, don't put them under the rug. Uh, we'll talk about them and we'll That's ask right. ourselves why why did it happen? You got to own it. Yeah, you got to own it. You got to own it. You know, yeah. yeah. And so if uh, um, it's 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 okay. And uh, look, I mean, one of uh, one of my favorite um, movie scenes is in eight mile when Eminem does the battle at the very end. Um, and he goes on stage knowing what the other guy is going to say about him. And he takes all of his ammo because he says it himself. And so using your biggest weakness as your strength, uh, I think is a big, um, is, is a nice bit of advice that I would give to anybody out there that's listening is figure out what your weakness is, figure out what is your soft spot. And then make that into your strength. And that's kind of how Adam and I have been able to build our business as we went through uh, multiple through ver- multiple conversations that yeah. him and I have had and uh, brainstorming sessions and strategy sessions, whatever you want to call them, um, and figured out, okay, well, this is what the biggest weakness in the industry is. Yeah. And for us, it was actually pretty easy. It was customer service and it was customer experience. And it was uh, kind of this, uh, um, it, you know, click to get nothing of value, but just to give us your name. Right. right? And so the the authenticity. Authenticity, Um, And so we identified that that was the biggest weakness that our industry has. And so we use that to mold advantage gold to be the antithesis of that specific weakness and the antidote to the entire industry. Yeah. And that's what's made it so successful. And that's what drives you guys. And that's what drives us. We just want to be better. Just want to win. 
you know, you said something about uh, the, your business partners and, and, you know, you do have some amazing business partners, um, but you also have met a lot of your friends, you know, we've been friends for a long time and you surround yourself with just really, really high level people. Steve was on the show. Um, and that is a great place to get inspired, right? When you're around other people who think like we do, who mm-hmm. there's gotta be a, a, a measure of, of a lack of ego, right. Uh, that we need to all have to look at your mistakes and be vulnerable. You got to kind of let your ego aside and you put the mission before ego, right? Right. Your mission is to help people. And, um, you, well, how can I do that? What's standing in my way, what's standing in my business way, what's standing in my business partner's way to achieve that, to achieve our mission. And it's your ability to stay focused on that all these years inspires me, my friend, and I'm sure everyone else who's listening. Um, Krill, you've been an amazing guest. I feel like uh, this was one of the few that I could talk to you literally for like four more hours. I'm not sure if uh, Zoom or my computer or our kids would let us. Sorry. But we will once the recording's off. We'll <laughs> yeah, sure. Yes, we're about to go and hang out again. And um, if anybody wanted to reach out um, and, and learn more about maybe wants to work with Advantage Gold, you guys can help their retirement account, uh, wants to have you on their show because you're such a great communicator, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, you shoot me an email. It's Kirill, K-I-R-I-L-L at AdvantageGold.com. Uh, go to our website, go to Advantage Gold, fill out a form. Um, if you're looking for a position and you're very motivated, highly ethical and, uh, a amazing, enthusiastic individual, we'd love to talk to you. You shoot your resume over to careers at advantagegold.com. And, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's the best way. And look, I'm, I'm always happy to, uh, chat with like-minded individuals. I think what you said makes a lot of sense. Look, proximity. Yeah. One of the things, again, Tony Robbins, who Tony Robbins, phenomenal motivator, yeah. Um, I've been to a couple of his, uh, events and, uh, we actually did yeah, one together. That was, that was a good time. That's right. Yeah, that was, that was good. And, uh, he talks about proximity all the time. And if you surround yourself by successful people, like-minded individuals, um, you're, you can't help but glean from those interactions. And so that's, uh, I think great advice yeah. to live by. No doubt. Well, Krill, thank you so much, my friend. The kids are knocking down our door. Everyone who's listening, thank you so much for being a listener of the Seekers of Marketers podcast. We'll be back with another amazing guest. If you got any questions, reach out to Kirill or myself. And again, thanks for listening. All right, Jeremy. Thanks. There you go. That concludes another episode of the Secrets of Marketers podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're looking for even more content, more ideas, more things that you can do today to help grow your business, then head on over to my Instagram page at Secrets of Marketers. I've got a bunch of content on there and we are giving you guys access to all the behind the scenes stuff that go into making these episodes happen, as well as even more content that you can start to apply to your business today. And if you guys like this show, then help me spread the word. Go to the podcast page on iTunes and leave me a review. It's how I can rank well and how other people can find me. So go for it. Thanks for making my dreams come true. Now go make yours come true. Thanks again.